yeah. I love my HBCU and bar. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU and man. I hope my team they won one, yeah. I hope my team they won one, yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one, yeah. I hope my team they won one, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loud. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouse. Welcome back to our live coverage from Birmingham, Alabama, 2023 SWAC Football Media Day. Uh, let me see. I'm going to try to see if I can do this correctly because I'm looking at the screen. So from your left to right as you're watching, of course, we got Mo Carter, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama. Charles Bishop, of course, uh, from the SWAC Digital Network. Dr. Caville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Of course, I'm Brian Fulford. Here's BJ Jones here. BJ with the uh, new show. Let's give, give, give the, uh, the name of the show that's going to be X's coming up this fall o's. here. X's and O's, man. Uh, myself. Uh, Joshua Sims and uh, Miss Erica Rochelle. Looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, Dr. Caville. And Inside then, the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington. He's out on assignment. I don't know how you get assignment <laughs> from Swag Football Media Day with Charles Bishop. He picked up a new assignment, which is a whole different discussion. But well, I'm going to let him make it. The brothers, you see what they did to me. But <laughs> Double dip it. Double dip it. Double dip it. Uh, and then AD Drew, of course, uh, BCS and Sports Rap, also uh, with a new show debuting. Uh, this fall, uh, we'll be covering uh, SIAC football. Have a awesome. Still working. Name, names work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Working project. Work, yeah. work progress. That means y'all in the lab back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we working in the lab. As in inside the HPC Schwartz lab. Get it? All right. They can, they can throw some suggestions in the chat. Inside SIAC uh, okay, so uh, as SWAC Media Day concludes, it's been a busy day here. Uh, most of the coaches have uh, departed. Most of the players departed. And it just leaves uh, folks to break down and for guys like us to kind of analyze and think about what we heard. So we'll just start uh, with Mo and kind of just go down the line and say. Before he do, oh, really? does okay. that, I want to throw one thing oh, in there. Oh, please, go ahead. And the only reason I want to do this because I don't want to forget it because it's been one of those days. Yeah, yeah. This is the reason the impact that we have here. We got to find a way to stretch this to two days. I'm gonna put that plug in. Everything else was great. How long have I been saying, Andrew? We got to find a way to get two this seasons, two days, two years now, so we can really get to everybody because um, everybody gets a part of everybody and they get who they really need. But you can't quite get to everybody. That's the only thing I would like so to add dash. to it. 
But go ahead. And, and as the growth, I mean, what do you guys think about possibly opening up to fans as well? Uh, that's another good piece. I mean, if we're going to open it up to two days, I mean, you yeah. might as well allow fans an opportunity. And the thing about it, if you do that, financially, is the thing you can do where you could actually charge for that part yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, so you can create another revenue generating Definitely. component of it. Exactly. Um, okay, so let, let me let me back up. You made me bring up something instead of getting to what we saw. Okay. Let's start with the order of finish and what we saw. Um, and so obviously um, Florida A&M predicted first in the east, uh, but uh, four, five, five of the six teams received a first place vote. That's correct. Over on the west side, uh, Southern University with the most first place votes. And again, five of the six receiving first place votes. So, Mo, we'll kind of start your way and then go go by. Let me let me get this while everybody doesn't have that in front of you since you, okay. you bring that up. Thank you. Six, Bethune-Cookman, 34 points. Five, Mississippi Valley State, 35 points, two first place votes. We were teasing about that earlier. Who were those two? We want to meet them. <laughs> Number four, Alabama A&M, Doc, 73 Doc points. Says two first, well, I said that. He I swears, that. He swears it is who, not. Who, uh, may take the field. And they can't vote for themselves. That's what Doc swears. I don't know about that, though. <laughs> but let's keep going. Alabama A&M, 73 points, two first place votes. Number three, Alabama State. 80 points, two first-place votes. And number two, Jackson State, 94 points, two first-place votes. I was surprised they only got two. Not necessarily surprised they picked second. Florida A&M, 116 points with 16 first-place votes on the SWAC West, starting from ascending to the top. Uh, six was Arkansas Pine Bluff, 33 points. Number five, Prairie View A&M, 68 points, two first-place votes. Number four, Grambling State, 69 points, two first-place votes. Number three is Texas Southern, 73 points, but only one first-place vote. Intriguing. Number two is Alcorn State, 94 points, with six first-place votes. Southern, 122 points, with 13 first-place votes. thing that came to mind that we talked about, Brian, earlier, Southern had more points, but less first-place votes. When you look at they only had 13 first-place votes, but I had a total of 122 points, while FAMU had more first-place votes, 16, but only 116 points. So, uh, break that, you know, your thoughts on that order and then maybe your order of finish or your prediction if, if you're free to give one, Mo. Mo, pull your, pull your mic up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you good. You good. Yeah. Got you, yeah. I used to really do it. Really? Okay, so when I kind of look at my swag predictions, I had the East, damn you. And I actually had a three-way top. I had Alabama A&M, Jackson State, and Alabama State. I think somewhere in that mix, all of them are going to beat each other, and then I think those cross-division things are going to cause them basically. Somebody. Yeah, mm. cause somebody. Mm-hmm. And damn you will have not those opponents out of the way to get to the championship game. In the West... I just have Alcorn as my top team just because I've seen Fred McNair as the coach for so, so long, and we're not used to seeing him being down so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really, really cooking up 
something down there on the reservation, to be honest with you, out in the West. And I got Southern in second, Purdue third, Texas Southern fourth, Grambling fifth, and UAB sixth. Now, there's no knock to Grambling being that down four, but to be honest with you, even from what I heard from Coach Hugh today, I'm unsure what they're bringing to the table. Hey. When I talk to Coach uh, Drake uh, from uh, UAPB, once again, he's like, look, we got a lot of newbies, so we don't know what's going to happen or whatever with that. So I think even though we have a lot of teams returning, I still think that there's a lot. We're not just going to know about a lot of these teams until they hit the gridiron moving forward. That was even me, like, doing interviews one-on-one today as well. There's a lot of uncertainty across the board. I don't know if I'm the only one that kind of picked that up, but I definitely picked that up. Hmm. All right, all right. Uh, Charles, what's uh, your analysis of the, the rankings and uh, a prediction if you're able to give one? Or... He got a cheat code, though. He got to talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. The only one on the set. But, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. I think the thing that jumps out for me, uh, I think, obviously, Jackson State is coming back to the back a little bit. Uh, parody uh, mm-hmm. jumps out for me. Uh, but I don't know. For me, has family found a running game? I mean, yeah. that, 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 that's the thing that stands out for me, you know, in terms of I realize they're picked to finish first, and they are a very formidable team, but, you know, it's, it's just like everybody. I see some, some, some gaps. Some S- 17 gaps. offensive yeah, linemen bad. returning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, to a, a power five transfer. Uh, from Nebraska, along with a returning, and then I mean uh, the, the the running back. I mean it's all health, all health related. But yes, I I think the running game will be. Imp- it can't get worse. It was the worst running game of the SWAT last year, averaging ninety four <laughs> rushing yards. It will not be that bad this year. Uh, here, here's the one that is sort of my dark horse and was scary. They were the top rushing team in the SWAT last year. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. If they read a stat, out of their five losses, they were up at halftime in three of those five losses. Mm-hmm. So if they can figure out a way mm-hmm. to play all four yeah, that's a good point. That's a team that is sort of a dark horse team. And, of course, everybody's talking about Texas Southern is the buzz team. And yeah, nobody's focused be. on them to your be. point in terms of Prairie View. Nobody's yeah. focused on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can just go about their business. They, they can go about their business. Like they, 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 they should be able to just slide right on the weeds. Uh, and if they can get through September, that first Pro game of this offense. God, that's going to be a That's the key. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, we'll know. We'll um, know pretty early. I, I, I'm making no predictions in the East. I, last two years, I made predictions in the East, and so I, I, I said, what did you have, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who I had in the East. <laughs> doesn't matter. But I, I said going in this year, I'm not making any predictions in the East. Now, on the West side, though, this year, I'll go with, I'll predict Southern. I, I, I predict, uh, let me see. And now the reason I'm going with Southern again the only other team that had a top three offense and defense last year outside of Jackson State was Southern. And if you tell me Southern found a quarterback, which I listened to Carlos Brown, Carlos Brown thinks they got a quarterback. Everybody else thinks they have a quarterback. We didn't get to talk to Coach You talked to Coach Dooley, right? Does he, does he have a quarterback? Okay, so I'm, I'm – It's so. the best quarterback to coach, though, for the team. It's well, quarterback you know what? The coach, the the the, the quarterback coach. <laughs> that's another guy they brought in. A quarterback coach. I'll let BJ talk about it in a second. That's another reason why there's enthusiasm for Southern. So, I will say this: uh, Texas Southern is the team. Yes, that should be trending into the right spot. 
where people should be talking. They got a tough stretch, which I know Doc may talk about, but I'm going southern in the in the west. And what? Yeah, yeah, they are. The thing I will say about Southern is their schedule is so favorable. They have Jackson State at home. I know it's a non-conference game, but, it's but to, right, and I was just gonna say yeah. that it's gonna go a long way if they can get that done in terms of how they feel about the team. They got FAMU at home. Mm-hmm. They got Prairie View at home. Game for they got Texas Southern at home. at home. They do have to go the road to Alcorn, but. In regards to some of their toughest games, divisional-wise, uh, even in terms of uh, FAMU that's favored on the other side, they got them at home. So if they can get and do what they need to do at home, they certainly are going to be in the mix. BJ, your your take on the standings and any predictions that you care to share? I initially, if you would have asked me all the way up until Saturday, Friday, whatever that was, I'm saying FAMU in the East, right? That that's on paper they should. I'm I'm stern with this. Championship teams, what happened? Championship teams don't make that mistake. The leadership in the locker room is built completely different. Championship teams are on a mission. That's not a mistake that championship teams make. Not saying that they, they, they won't win it, but they kind of gave me a room pause. for pause. Give you pause. Okay. Gave me, me some room for, room for pause. Um, I think that this year, both in the East and the West, I don't think this thing is going to be decided. To late November, I don't think I it's a situation in the East where you got a two a two horse race. And I think if you could have thrown a dart at four schools in the West, and if I would have told you that they would have gotten the, the the number one vote, no one would be shocked. To me, my sleeper team was mm-hmm. Grambling State because one of the things that they were missing was quarterback. You bring Miles Crawley into that offense, and his ability to be able to push the football uh, down the field with that defense coupled with those receivers and that running game. I think Grambling might have some special down there. Hmm. I liked it. Uh, it's good stuff yeah. in a lot of ways. This is what I got. And you know me, I like to overthink all this data and analytics. It's too much. So y'all just bear with me. I go. I went down to every schedule. I sat up there on that Friday when you got a, a, a blink and thought differently. Mm-hmm. I did the thing, but I was just analyzing matchups. As I told you, who has home, who's on the road, neutral site, classic game. Who won last year in terms of maybe the get-back type of factor? And this is what I end up coming up with. I have no, in the Western Division, six, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I have them going 1-10, 0-8 in the conference. Yikes. Uh, number five, I have Texas Southern, 5-6. and six. Can't get to that winning season. Hmm. I got them 4-4 four and four in the conference. I have a three-way tie for number two. Uh, with Prairie View A&M at 6-5 and five overall. They get a winning record, uh, but only good enough to tie for second at 5-3, and three, along with Southern at 6-5, and 5-3. Five, five and three. Uh, Gramlin State tied with them also, but at 7-4 and 5-3. and, five and three. I have number one Alcorn State Braves at 7-4 and four in terms of overall season finishing uh, at the record at 6-2 and two in terms of their record there. In the Eastern Division, I have Mississippi Valley State 2-9, 1-7. They get that victory over Pine Bluff that shuts Pine Bluff out. Or that 1-1. Number five is Bethune-Cookman at 2-9, 1-7. And number four, Alabama State at 5-6. Can't quite get to a winning season at 2-6 in conference, where it really falls apart. And number three, Jackson State at 8-3, 6-2. 
tied, if you would, in terms of the conference record with Alabama A&M at eight and three, six and two. FAMU getting out of the Eastern Division at nine and two, at seven and one. As you said, I have it pretty close in terms of that. So you can see a game here and there can really flip this. Uh, but if it stays the way it is, I do have FAMU hosting Alcorn State for the SWAC championship game in Tallahassee. Mm. For a new transition of the history of the SWAC, be fascinating to see if that comes. Championship game hadn't been outside of Mississippi since 2018. That's, that's correct. That's mm. why I said it changed. Good point. Mm. Drew, what do you got? Uh, starting, uh, starting in the east. No, I'm going to start in the west. I've got UAPB covered in with the 2-6 and six record in conference. Texas Southern, 3-5. and five. Grambling State, 4-4. Four and four. Prairie View, 5-3. Southern, 6-2. and two. But I do have a beaten fan view. Okay. And Alcorn State coming in with the double, with, uh, number one at 7-1. and one. Take your alumni card. No, we got to go to Alcorn. They got to go to Alcorn. The first, yeah, first time they get back. Yep. Yeah. That's why I said that uh, that was remember I said they had a good schedule, favorable yeah. schedule other than yeah. on the road. I, I I really do have I really do think that's gonna be the blemish on the uh Fabian conference record this year is their trap their trip to Baton Rouge this year. Mm-hmm. Uh starting in the east, Valley one and seven, Bethune three and five, Jackson State and Alabama A and M tied at four and four, but Jackson State getting the tie break four because, and four because of the head to head. I'm a lot of losses, man. Yeah, Some tough conference opponents. Alabama State five and three, and FAMU coming in seven and one. So you got two teams at seven and one. Seven. You gonna have some interesting tiebreaker to see who right. else. Yeah. They don't I, play I, each other exactly. I, that's why I could tell you where this game's gonna be hosted at. So let me ask this question: We've heard about everybody's strengths. Today. Yes. If you go around, what are some teams' weaknesses? Okay, I like that. Great I, question. I, I'll throw. I'll throw one Start out. Uh, question. Only four teams have a returning starting quarterback. So we've got eight teams out there. We, some of them we think we know what the situation the quarterback is, and some of them, even after today, we have no clue what their quarterback rule looks like and who's going to be QB1 for some of these teams. So I'll throw that out there, and that's for all the teams. And those four teams, uh, Texas Southern, Prairie View, Florida A&M, and Alabama State have, have their starters coming back. You're, you're talking contenders or just in general? Uh, in general, because okay. I, I think one of the things, Hope Springs Eternal, yeah. in every media day, so yeah. you hear all these positives, but, you know, you, you, you never really know what, where the gaps are, mm-hmm. you know, with teams. And that's why I asked. I said, well, you know, I, I see family, number one, and, and, and look at one of them but for two, three years, we've been talking about a running game. I still haven't seen a running well, game. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. It had been two, three years. It was. I mean, they didn't have Bishop Bunnett that year. It, 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 it's it's, it's been every Bunnett. other year, it's Charles. It's been every other, over the last other four year. seasons for Simmons, it's every other year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they better hope this is the other year. Technically, and technically, DJ, it is. It is. It is. This is the year where it trends up. So, yeah. Based on past pattern. This this is where it, this is where it trends up. This is where it trends up. Oh, I, I got one. I got one. Also, I want to throw out. I think FAMU could actually wind up if they lose the OBC to Jackson State. I think FAMU could rebound from the loss and still win the East. More than Jackson State could if they lose the OBC and win and win in the East. I think FAMU has a better chance to rebound and still win the East with the loss of that opening game. 
Uh, the other big game on opening day is Prairie View, Texas, Texas, uh, Texas Southern. I think that's going to be the OBC in, in the West. Whoever loses that game yeah. can pretty much hang it up Good in the point. West. My, my exact point. Uh, I don't I, know. I, it's, 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 I just think the West is so deep that they're yeah. going to beat each other up. So I think it's going to come down the stretch. We saw it last year yeah. where we thought that game was going to mean everything. And eat. Prairie View, obviously, if they won that last game Valley, they were good and they would have made it through any problems. You get to the second one, Texas Southern would have won after that. Mm-hmm. They won it. But even if Southern would have lost the Grammy, you had a three-way tie, yep. Texas Southern would have been the representative. Mm-hmm. So that Labor Day Classic did not hurt them in terms of what was going on because overall of, in that match. Because in the three-way scenario, it, 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 it favored them. So. But in, in any other two-way scenario, it would have they would have been on the wrong side of it. But they weren't going to be tied with Prairie View. If they won that, they would have won outright. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying, so it, it it wouldn't hurt them in that factor. But to your question in terms of deficiencies, I'm going to go with just the teams I selected, number one. Keep it simple. Alcorn State Braves, obviously the question is, is this transfer everything that everybody said in terms of the quarterback? Uh, we know this should be solid in terms of the backfield. Uh, the offensive line is matured. They got a little more depth, so you got to at least feel comfortable about that. And anything else, they should be able to run the ball. If they can get anything from the quarterback position, they're going to be in a position – uh, that many people think in terms of them being quiet. The other thing you got to question is their defense. You think it's going to be solid, but um, are they going to be able to take the next step to be able to create more turnovers mm-hmm. uh, to help that offense as that quarterback gets, uh, hit, you know, in terms of what he's going to do? FAMU, I think y'all put it out there pretty clearly. Can they run the ball? Can they help Musa in regards to allow him to be effective as a pocket passer? And you know anybody's quarterback best friend is the running game. Mm-hmm. So offensive line, it comes down that trenches. Uh, we say that much. We You should pretty, feel pretty comfortable with what they should be able to do on the offensive line. But the question is, are they going to be able to run the ball effectively? Um, they have some workhorses down there that you would think they should be pretty good, but until you see it, it's going to be a question mark. Defensive, you got to feel pretty comfortable. They're going to be right there in the mix. They can, you know, slide up, slide down. You're still going to be pretty comfortable there. So that's what I would say deficiency in terms of those top teams. Just overall, I think there's so many unknowns about this yeah. season. This is was my most difficult time of picking where teams would be in terms of particular five uh, up to one. I think you said this earlier. It would not surprise anybody sitting up here if we were really open that Texas Southern that I have number five comes out the West. No, no. You would not be surprised about that. You know, you might be a little shocked here and there, but it would not totally be like, how did that happen? Prayer View comes out of there. You'd be like, yeah, I had to make that argument. Southern, certainly going to be like, yeah, we can see that. They were just there. Grambling State might have a little bit of pause, but it's not going to totally. They bounce back, as Charles says all the time. They find a way. They don't stay down too long, and they have some tools there. Quarterback play, uh, they're going to be right there, and certainly Alcorn. So there's five teams that you can see in the Western Division that would not surprise you if they find in the championship game. And I think if you go over to the Eastern Division, uh, I see four. I might argue three, but I don't think it would totally surprise you. If Alabama State ends in the championship game, uh, Alabama A&M gets there, you certainly wouldn't be surprised if Jackson State or FAMU is there. So I think the depth in the conference is another one that would answer your question in terms of what are some deficiencies, just how, depth, how deep, I should say, the conference is this year. 
Mm-hmm. I would say deficiencies, I'm going to just hit it from up top. Fam, you, you got to be able to run the football. That, their offensive line, from a point of attack standpoint, they were not good as far as run blocking. You didn't saw them exert their dominance at the line of scrimmage. Um, and and they're going to have to be able to do that if you want to be a championship team. For Jackson State, there's so many unknowns, so much productivity that they lost, bringing in a bunch of talented guys. We Still a lot of question marks there. For Alabama State, it's about the quarterback position, and can you replace those pieces uh, on the uh, interior defensive line that you lost from a year ago? Because those guys were important. They kept Bubba clean. So he was able to flow all across the field and make, you know, 100-plus, you know, tackles. Mm-hmm. Now we go over to the West. Texas Southern, can that defense take another, another step up? And does Andrew Body have the weapons on the outside to get the ball to? And can the offensive line protect him? Yeah. That's right. the question. That's going to be the question. For Prairie View, consistency from offense That's and consistency, consistency from, from the Both sides side, of the ball. Both sides yep. of the ball. For Alcorn, who is Alcorn? Is it the Alcorn that got boat raced by Grambling? Or is it the Alcorn that showed up against Jackson State? Who are they? If they can get their quarterback, the quarterback position figured out, also on the uh, defensive line, certain, certain games they couldn't stop the run. Certain games they could. Certain games they couldn't stop the pass. Certain games they could. We, we don't know there. And for Southern, do you have a quarterback? It, 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 how do you look on the quarterback? And how do you replace those pieces that you're missing on the defensive line? And then with Grambling, can you piece it all together around Miles Crawley? Does your strengths from last year remain your strengths? Insert the quarterback and now your championship team? Or you insert Miles Crawley and then something else falls apart? Um, so I think that's going to be the question there. I like that. Great break now. I, you know, that was great, BJ, by the way. I, I turned to coaching. I, and I hate to call it, you talk about weaknesses. And, and I, I guess when I, when I think about coaching, I go to which coach or coaches do you trust? You know, who do you think is the coach that's going to be able to take, whether it be this new transfer uh, at the quarterback position and turn him into um, something positive that works for their team? Who is it that's going to be able to overcome their deficiencies I'll jump play, out there and play calling you know <laughs> I don't know who who wants to answer who, that one who's but going, I'll jump out there I, I I just maintain look I and I the one that the one that I trust I I get you I know exactly where you're going the one that I trust the most is because he's done it before it's Fred McNair that's Fred where McNair. that's where I was starting everybody else yes. I got a question mark yeah because you hadn't shown me that you've closed that gap in terms of getting it done I've seen a lot of them get right to that finish line and do it um and a lot of them, I wouldn't be surprised. They find a way to get it done. I like it. Even Maynard. You know, you, you can put that little question mark in there in regards to the um, uh, the fact that he did it during the, the spring season, which was shortened. You know, I'm not taking the credit from the championship, but over the long haul, that changes. So the only one I have that type of confidence for is for And see, that's where I was going with that is the even, you know, you know, even with Coach Simmons. I, and I with, love Coach Simmons. I, I do, I too. And, and like I said. Dooley, I love Coach Maynard. That's and all you ask has me a the questions that schedule. I have yeah. the most confidence in, I love what I believe T.C. Taylor is going to do. He hadn't been to that chair before. I think he'll get it done. But if you ask me who I have most confidence in, yeah. keyword most, you're going to be Fred, Fred me now. That's yeah. same here. I can definitely agree with you on Fred Bingham. He's been there, done that as well as a head man. Mm-hmm. 
Coach Dooley has been on a staff like that. Coach Vander's been in different spots, but not truly in the swag or whatever. So I totally agree with you on that. Yep. Uh, all of them have. With that situation. That's why. That's yep. another reason why I have Alcorn coming out of the West. <laughs> you know, being the rep this year. Yep. Can I change my pick? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> talk, I've talked myself out of Southern, so I'm sorry, BJ. <laughs> yeah. One thing I can say, though, you know, it's kind of just like looking at whatever. We talked about this last year about, like, those stretches where it could be of importance. Here's something I want everyone to take a look at. Look at the weekend of October 28th for the people who are contenders. Allcorn plays host of Valley. On paper, we know what that is, but we know how big, yeah, you know, I, I feel you. up any whatever team. Jackson State goes to Arkansas Pine Bluff. We've got the Magic City Classic here. Prairie View goes to Al, I mean, Florida A&M. Mm. Texas Homecoming. Homecoming. Southern. And Bethune-Cookman goes to Grambling. Now, look, let's go to week 10 when you go into that first week of November. Valley, quick road trip Thursday night at Bethune-Cookman. In Florida A&M's in Huntsville. Imagine what happens if Alabama A&M knocks off Alabama State, and then this is a game for first place in the East in Huntsville. Nice. Now, I think Great setup. List or whatever. Mm. You take a look at Texas Southern at Jackson State, UAPB at Prairie View, Southern at Alcorn, Grambling State versus uh, Alabama State down in Mobile. So you take a look at what that late October, early November stretch could be, and I really do think that you could have both sides yeah. determined late in the season and not really early in the season. I agree yeah. totally. I think it's going to go down the stretch. In those two weeks, uh, something to keep our eyes on early. Thanks for that. Uh, I'll check. I'll, I'll put, highlight that in my box now. I, I got one. Will we, as usual, be waiting on the Bayou Classic to determine the West winner? Yeah. <laughs> you know. No. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com 
That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot loud and root about. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Because because usually what uh, usually one if not up, both, if, yeah. if not both of those teams are in contention. I, I'll put this it this way. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, For my predictions, yeah, absolutely. I hope not. But, but it's real. I mean, it, it, that's ha- that has been the case. I think sixteen out of the last twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, years. one if not both teams. Yeah. you were waiting on it. My senior year with that same situation. Yeah. Charles, what if you gonna get in there and say? That had you pondering, I was like, well, oh, he. Quick question. Player not named Jeremy Moose or Sunday out of Anderson that could be player of the year when the season is done or defensive player of the year when the season is done. I am shocked. Jarvion Howard. I am shocked that uh, that Bubba down at Bama State win preseason defense player of the year. <laughs> All right. I am shocked. I think he, he is one, and I think for the offensive player of the year, for me, it wouldn't shock me for it to be Javion Howard. Keep your eye on England at Alabama A&M. It's because the running back's not sexy. Yeah. So I got to go with a quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. I'm going to go with uh, Andrew, Andrew Body. Body. So you, said, uh, you said other than Musa? Oh, I said other than. Other than. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm, that's t- no, I, I, I am, I'm with you, BJ. I'm a, you know, it's funny. It made me think about this. I, I talked to, uh, Zach, uh, over there, Blue, uh, Blue Bloods, and we were talking about, and I remember I brought this question up about Jarvion Howard, and as much as, hey, I'm, 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 I'm excited the fact that Jeremy Musa was the preseason offensive player of the year. Uh, if the best offensive player, in the swack is Jarvion Howard. I don't care that he is a running back. You you gonna tell me he's not the best offensive player? Like pound for pound, if you were having a fantasy draft, you're not taking that dude number one. If I'm a so GM, if, so, I, if I'm the GM in the NFL, no. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. But take no, Jarvion Howard away from that offense a year ago, and where's all going? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There uh, is no no. no seriously, he's yeah. the real deal. Yeah. Uh, but but I think you can make an argument either way uh, that you could. I I wouldn't have been mad if he was preseason player of the year. Yeah. So I, I mean I don't know when's the last time so a are running you mad back. That no no I'm happy for Jeremy. I'm I mean I but it it it, it was predicted. I I kind of thought there was only two guys who might get offensive player of the year. It was either going to be Andrew, uh, Body. Or Howard. I mean, really, there was only three guys because I know how this. Whoever the well, it, it, we know it's the the SIDs and the coaches, right? So, so they usually go to script. They usually go to script. Yeah. Now, if it, it'd be interesting if it were media, it'd be something different. I think, but but they usually goes to script where you know, look, Musa was second team last year. He's the returner. FAMU's predicted to be number one. Okay, so I mean, we've seen that's. I, I, I will throw one additional plug in there. If Prairie View, as some people predicted, is going to find a way to have the consistency that they have, particularly also Trazon Conley will be the reason why, yeah. mm-hmm. and therefore he will be postseason player of the year. I got one for you, Charles. Uh, did you answer his question though? Yeah, I said. Who, you I said, said Howard. Howard. You yeah, said, I said Howard. Howard. Okay. Yeah, okay. I definitely said right. Howard. Uh, there's this talk about you guys not having a drop off at quarterback. In Jackson, that you got somebody who can spin that ball just as good as the guy who left and went to Colorado for mm. you guys. There's a reality. Mm. Uh, 
Shador Sanders left huge shoes. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this about uh, I, I, what they said about uh, Jackson's uh, incoming quarterback. They're excited about what he brings to the table. I saw firsthand what Shador brought to mm -hmm. the table away from being under the center. You know, there was so many times he had diagnosed what you were trying to do to him before the players even called. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he gets the credit. That he yes. that he deserves in terms of just how talented he yeah, was, and I think because we get we get enamored in terms of these elusive quarterbacks, because they, uh, for lack of better words, we hear this out here is sexy in terms of what it looks like. The same problem you have with quarterbacks in general over a running back. I think that's part of it. And Shadur was so talented that he. He didn't look spectacular. He just always made he's plays and get so stuff up. He made it look easy. He made it look easy. He's so cerebral. And Peyton, I think Peyton Manning that is yeah, what yeah, separates seriously. great quarterbacks. But but he trained yeah. under that knowledge of football. Yeah, exactly. So he had the ability to get that, and I don't think we ever have given him credit to that level because of all the quote unquote noise around him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that was part of it. So I think this kid could maybe be better. And better from the fact that he might bring more things to the table in terms of being more dynamic, but just a better quarterback, I can't see that. Yeah. I can't see that. I can't see that. Also, Brian, um, you asked when was the last time for running back was player of the year in the swag. Yes. I got to go back at least to 2014. Malcolm Cyrus from Alabama State was co-swag player of the yeah. year. Okay. With a with a quarterback, I'm sure. <laughs> with a quarterback, I'm sure. Uh, when Southern had the running back, Tillery, Tillery, that Tillery oh. didn't never get it, did he? Oh, I don't think Tillery ever got oh. it. Yeah, if he couldn't, if he didn't get it, you in trouble it. with running back. I, I'm That's just saying, it. I'm just I don't think you know. He ever got it. He may have, but like he was a dude. That's what I'm saying. He does. <laughs> That, no. that ball high, ain't it? No, that ball, <laughs> that ball, that ball, I'm glad he gone. <laughs> Cyrus, yeah, I know that Cyrus did back in 2014. Not from Cyrus. We're going to go in and play in Canada, but you got to look at the team. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I ain't sure if Taylor got it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll keep researching. You guys keep going. BJ, dog daddy. What are they going to bring to the table? Oh, man, I, I think that you're going to see uh, – Defense that have really uh, matured in the secondary, particularly at the cornerback position. Uh, like what we got there, I think the linebacker position was the most improved uh, position. And, and, and that's just, you know, shout out to Coach Terrence, uh, Coach Terrence Graves um, and, and, our, and our defensive coordinator there, man. Um, I think the defensive line is going to be nasty. Um, you got a bunch of new faces up there that went and got some guys that uh, can, can plug, stop, plug the middle. And you got some guys that can get after uh, get after the passer. So I think defensively is going to be the strength. The question mark is going to be the man under the center. Yeah. Wow. Because you, you got some running backs coming back, man. You got some running backs coming back. Kobe Dillon's back. You you yeah, they got a stable of them. You got the playmakers on the outside too. Mm. You know, Petrie and that and that, and that and that bunch out on the outside. They're they're there. The, the question I mark like, is going to be the quarterback. I like this schedule. Yeah. That schedule. I like y'all. I'm, I'm gonna say this. Jackson State's defensive line is top three in FCS. Okay. Because mm. of that defensive line that Jackson State has, They'll be in. they have the ability to keep them in every game they go play. I, they, that is a spectacular bunch. Yeah. Uh, he, he, is, he 
didn't get the notoriety of the guys coming off the edge, but the fact that you could not run on Jackson. Yes. He was right there. Right there. Just make sure I get my kicks on. (laughs) (laughs) Black and old gold, you know what I'm saying? Black and gold, George. Yeah, I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got the update. 2016, Lenore Tillery was the preseason player of the year. Okay. However, the player of the year at the end of the year was from his arch rival in Devontae Kincaid. Ah. Yeah. Now that starts to make some sense. That makes some sense. Yeah, so we got to go back to 2014 where we at least had a running back and he's the co-player. Would not be shocked if Grambling has a big year. You might see Miles Crawley uh, yeah, take that on. That's a good one. I think he has the potential for sure. I like him. I think he I has like the potential him. for sure, BJ. But I also want to say this, and this has got to be going off the last time I saw Grambling in action. That offensive line has got to find. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you hearing and seeing in terms of Alabama A and M quarterback? Once again, it's going to be a QB battle. Uh, quite frankly. Um, Clearly, we saw some good things from the guy that started majority of the year this past year, but also we saw a quarterback who did not play a lot in the spring. Okay. That's why in the transfer from uh, Jackson State. And there's another transfer coming in. So, Coach kind of gave me the typical look. We, don't, we <laughs> might play multiple guys the first couple of weeks until oh. we get to the game against Southern, which is, you know, when swag starts for them, which is like in week three. He doesn't want to do that. If you, if you, really if no, not coming to Baton Rouge. Yeah, but, no. uh, but, you know, here's your situation. You play – Vanderbilt week one, then you have a lane week two for the uh, Lewis Cruz Classic, then they hit the road to go take on uh, Southern in week three to open up swag play, and then a short week the following week, uh, Thursday night against Arkansas Five Club. So either we're going to see a two-quarterback system in Huntsville, or we're going to see a heavy dose of the running backs rolling until somebody can win some games at the QB spot. I mean, our England folks are deaf. Uh, oh, uh, England and <laughs> the oh, Well, that's what he came when he interviewed. That's what he told him. Yeah. He said, "Don't no, we gonna lean on the run?" He yeah. said, "We got a bag." England starts the season. He's easily a twelve hundred yard back. Oh yes, yeah, that's true. He can yeah. carry the water. Great point. And they got a secondary back behind him that can carry it too. Yeah, they got a defense that people are sleeping on because everybody focuses what they do offensively. That defense was a little better than what most of us saw and thought last year, but a lot of that was based on the in- so inconsistency of the offense. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Zarion Hayes, defensive um, lineman who was named an all-swag selection mm. preseason. All-swag selection last year, preseason all-swag this year. I think he'll probably be a box to roll All-American, at least on the watch list or whatever. He definitely brings a new – line of things on that D-line yeah. Alabama and them that they have not seen in a number of years. And because of that, he's been able to kind of make the rest of that defense really, really go. So expecting him to get a lot of double teams, but that can open up some opportunity for the defense. But yeah, the end of defense has definitely improved from when we saw it when the Quill Glass had to win every Ooh, single I, I got questions mm-hmm. about that second We got a half circle here, so I don't know if we can yeah. go around the horn and it's somebody else's turn. But before we close, because I know running out of time, Let's get everybody's closing thoughts, uh, either on the season or today. Starting with you, we can go around. All right. Well, first of all, I'll say this. From a media standpoint, I was really excited to see the amount of media members that are here for two reasons. One, we can go ahead and say the Deion Sanders effect and whatnot, but Coach Prime is not here anymore. But still to see HBCU, media outlets, and local television stations and radio stations, I think Dr. McCullough told me at one point he had counted like 200. And 225. Okay, yeah. So 225 people were here. Which was above last year's 200. To, yeah. To actually cover swag media day in the time that we are. 
Here's another thing, too. For years, the SWAG Media Day has always been connected with SEC because they're always in the Birmingham area. Usually, SEC would be in Hoover, and the SWAG right here in Birmingham or whatever. Because, you know, a lot of SWAG teams overlap with the media markets for SEC teams. Mm-hmm. Not the case. That was last week in Nashville. Spent four days up there or whatever and whatnot. Had some fun, but the situation a little bit better. So, to say that you didn't have that situation this year, but still have all the uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very impressed. Um, with that because that shows what HBCU football means to many individuals besides us sitting up here, but also what it can embark on for the future that will help with other situations. So that's that's my take from a media standpoint. Clearly from football, hey, best man's going to win it. Let's go ahead and just you know, line it up and see you in December. There you go. Charles? I'm kind of piggyback on what you were saying. Uh, the fact that every week there's going to be a HBCU game on television via Mm, that's the one I was going to Multiple, and, multiple weeks. And, and, you know, the fact that this is already a perfect fan base that, that goes to games, but just know that to understand eyeballs mean something, that, that that's huge. And that's huge going forward. So that, that really stuck out to me just looking at the television schedule and literally looking every week like, wow, you know, there's really not a need for me to turn to another channel to watch somebody else's conference. This conference that I enjoy, I love, is you know right here in front of me. I love it. Right. I I've said this a couple other times this this last 24 48 hours. Find me a team that has been the top offense and defense and lost over half of their starters, including their coach and return the next season as a contender. That's hard to find. And I say that because, you know, I, I'm i fascinated with the folks that have Jackson State in their rankings to, you know, the two people from Jackson State who voted for them in first place. Um, but I'm fascinated by this belief that, yes, I, I know they've, at least on paper, you know, the recruiting, the recruiting people say that they have the number two recruiting class. Great. I mean, okay. I'm just, I'm just statistically first four games of the season, toughest four games that any new coach could ask for with a new roster. I mean, that, that is, if, if, if he goes three and one, Man, I'm telling y'all, y'all gonna be. It's, 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 there's a nine-win season in the in the bag coming. Well, I think I said, I said, if Jackson State gets through the early part of the season, you don't want to. They could, they get scary toward the back. Well, if that, if that thing my gets, thing is, is only one of the games in the top part of the season counts, though. Yeah. So they yeah. could be one and two, and if it's the right one, yeah. <laughs> they really getting good. The other thing I think that's tough on your question, I think that's true, and I think it's valid to ask that question. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think the other part of that is who, other than maybe, other than FAMU that I think a lot of people are picking, who outside of that are you comfortable saying that that much better than Jackson State? Clearly. I, I can't. I'm, I'm, again, you're asking me. I, I can't. I, I'm trying to. Okay, yes. I, I look. I'm, I'm putting my. I'm putting my my colors to the side. I, I, I it's an easy question. Other than fam, you Southern. 
that I'm looking at clearly. I'm looking at statistics. I'm 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 telling you. Right. The, 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 well, the team, it, I, as it I have a lot said, to ask that question. As I have, and I know Southern, people are I'm like, really, "Oh, Southern has played." No, I'm not. But we're on the opposite end. We're on the opposite right. division, though. So that's not a problem. And it's not a conference game. And plus, well, I know. Were you, were you <laughs> the other related part of that to is, division? No, I'm just Was saying, that a division related no, question? I think you're fine. Let me get this part out. That's still just one team. Yeah. And if you cut in FAMU, that's two teams. So Jackson State literally could be better than count. everybody else. And it's not because uh, there wasn't a lot of churning in question that maybe everybody else just ain't made that next step. I, I just think uh, I think folks are over-evaluate, o- over-thinking, over-evaluating loss. The, I, the I, lo- no, that's my, I agree with you with the loss. I guess my point is I'm trying to say uh, there's we asked the question, what are your question marks about the other team? Yeah. I think that's why people have a level of confidence in Jackson State. Not so much that they're concerned about what they lost. They're concerned about what everybody else has not answered. All right. All right. <laughs> stuck with you. Sam Washington said, I believe, in the first celebration bowl, uh, he said something to the fact that that championship DNA does matter. Yeah. And that DNA permeates that locker Yeah, man. So that's just another, that's another little nugget. He's he going to find a way to drop a nugget. Yeah, Go ahead. How many, return, again, how many returners again? How many of that championship DNA? PJ, let's move on. Brad, we're going to let you talk about that on Sunday. No, I'm just – PJ, your thoughts. Uh, man, biggest thing, like uh, Mo and, uh, and uh, Charles said, man, just media day. Um, back to normal. It's refreshing, and, and it's nice to see people that are here uh, because of those three letters, uh, HBCU and – you know, SWAT, you know, the conference itself. So it's great to see that. And I, and I think that we're in for an exciting season. I think that having this many games on television um, with the type of year that we're going to have is going to be instrumental of continue to grow in the conference. And we're going to start it off big. Uh, MEAC SWAT Challenge on ABC. On ABC. That's, that's how you start it. And I think, I think that the finish is going to be that much better. No doubt about it. Eddie Drew? You know, y'all talk about a championship pedigree. There's another team in this conference that has a championship pedigree and a championship coach, and we talked about them, that being Alcorn State. Alcorn finally has a full home schedule. You can say what you want to. I think that is going to be a big factor, the fact that they have paid back all those games to everybody, and now everybody who's supposed to come to the reservation has to come to the reservation. And you know the reservation is not an easy place to play. Exactly. So I, I think that is going to be. You talk you talk about Southern Bay, that other team, Alcorn, who is on Jackson State schedule, and it does count. Is potentially that other game that could be scary for Jackson State. But right now, the, the word right now, this time of year, optimism. Everybody's optimistic. Everybody's 0-0. All the fans are excited. Coaches coaches still have those butterflies because they don't know the answers to everything. And they won't know those answers week one, week two in, in a lot of situations. And what you, what you thought you saw in from the spring or in fall camp come week four may be totally different due to injuries, lack, lack of production, what, whatever the case is. So just the excitement and fever about the season, because no matter what we say right here now, what's this, uh, July 25th, come the third Saturday in December, most of this stuff probably ain't going to be right. 
<laughs> that is yeah. great that's, that's place to leave it because that's true. <laughs> uh, but we want you to continue to listen. <laughs> <while we> continue. <laughs> with, with that being said, you know, starting this stuff with the SIAC in Atlanta, uh, group going to Salem with the CIAA, Norfolk with the MEAC, and then closing up here in Birmingham with the SWAC. I'm most excited about and proud of that I want to leave on everybody is what I call the Sporting HBCU Dashboard. It was on full display for this full month. Um, and we saw it culminate here in Birmingham with everything that you all just brought to the table and said. And those that are in the background with uh, Raymond Holly, uh, Roy Evans, uh, leading this ship in regards to allowing us to be parts of what's taking place. So I really wanted to put that on display in regards uh, to what that means in terms of the HBCU sports culture. So I wanted to leave it right there and say, uh, I just want to say thank you all. Um, I announced earlier uh, that I lost my grandfather last week. I'm not one that shares death with a lot of people. Um, But the spirit that you gave me and didn't even know has allowed me to make it through this. Um, And we will close out and bury him. He was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. And that's why today I decided to put this on. This is our national week. 